Hey everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Reading with Celebrities. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Tiffany. And today is, we're recording on September 6th, and so we are going to be kicking off our fall TBR. Um, get ready for spooky season and less hot weather. Yeah. Maybe some sweaters in there somewhere at some point. <laughs> I feel like it takes forever for that in Texas. Yeah, I know. It's either, like, hot or less hot. There's no yeah. in-between. <laughs> also, happy Labor Day, everyone. Yay, happy Labor Day. Did you enjoy yeah. your day off? I did. I haven't really done anything, but it's just nice to sometimes have a day off. You don't labor on Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, and then I finished um, Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. I finished it last night. It was really good. It's really short. It's like right at like 305 pages, I think. Oh, that's pretty quick. Yeah, it's a super quick read. Um, I just found myself like not being able to put it down. I wanted to read more. Um, so if you haven't read it, I would encourage anybody to read it. Um, it's basically just a fictional book that um, there is a black girl, she's like 25 or 26, and she's the babysitter for a very rich family, white family, and, um, one night she, like, something happens at that house where they have to call the police, and so the mom calls her and is like, hey, can you take our daughter out of the house while we handle this, and when she does that, she takes her to, like, the grocery store that's down the road, and a security guard is like, is this your daughter? Why do you have her? And it's basically, um, when this is happening, she's like, I'm her nanny. Um, she, he's like, I don't believe you. And then a mother lady's like, see, I told you it was suspicious. And why this is all happening, another man's like recording this incident. Um, so she ends up calling the dad to come to the store and like vouch for her. Um, and then it's just kind of like, the rest of the book is dealing with that. And like, she doesn't want the video posted. She tells this man to delete it from his phone. Um, and then it's kind of that aftermath, her with this white family and just everything that happens. Um, but it's a really good book. Yeah, it was on um, a bunch of like must read lists. Yeah. And last year, I think 2020 was kind of. Yeah. And I and I think it was one of Reese Witherspoon's book club picks. Probably. So, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, on Goodreads, I put five stars. Um, but then I put like four and a half like in the comments because it doesn't do half. But it could be a five star. It's probably like more of a 4.75. But that's the highest rate of book I've read so far this year. Nice. Yeah. So. I was excited. Like a, good, like a roughly halfway point. Like you're peaking. You got a bell curve. <laughs> I mean, it can only go up from here, right? <laughs> well, you hope. <laughs> yeah, because I was like kind of looking at the books I've read and I was like, nothing like really. I've given some four stars, but like nothing has like stood out where like last year when I had like Daisy Jones and Where the Crawdads Sing, like I just knew that those were going to be those books um, that I was going to keep talking about because I think we talk about them now every episode. But, um, yeah, that's, so I kind I feel like I'm finally, hopefully the books that I list today, maybe some of those will also be close to five stars. 
<laughs> you know, we're really swinging for the fences with Oprah right now. So <laughs> Oprah, I'm lucky if Oprah gets like a three star at this point. But I am almost done with Anna Karenina. I have one more chapter of part seven, and then I'm on part eight. Nice. And part eight is like real short. I think it's, I think it's like fifty pages. Yeah. So, I'm excited. I had brought it with me on our trip to read, and I did not. <laughs> but since it's a shorter bit, I feel like that's yeah. gonna be you know, that's an easier. Each day, if I read at least as many pages, I'll be good. Like it's a little more manageable when you kind of yes. break it down like that. But um, yeah. exciting, exciting, exciting! Yeah. I'm glad you you had a like a you know a top tier book that you read. Yes, I was excited to finally mm-hmm. have that. I think there's a few on this list that I think could be top tiers. So we'll see. All right. Well, you want to? Um, yeah. I'll start out. Yeah, I'll start out with two because um, I have eight on my list. Lindsay, you said you had three or four. Three pending four. Yeah. Pending, yeah. Okay. So some of these books, I think five of them are books that I listed in my top ten books that I want to read by the end of this year. So the only way to read those is to add them to a TBR. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is the Joy Luck Club. I did not put any authors down, so I'm doing great already. So I apologize. I know her last name is Tan. I think it's Amy Tan. I think you're right. Um, so this one, just a reminder, is four mothers, four daughters, four families, whose history shift with the four winds, depending on who's saying the stories. In 1949, four Chinese women, recent immigrants to San Francisco, begin meeting to eat dim sum and play mahjong and talk united and shared unspeakable loss and hope. They call themselves the Joy Luck Club. Rather than sink into tragedy, they choose to gather to raise their spirits and money. To despair was to wish back for something already lost or to prolong what was already unbearable. Forty years later, that's, those stories and histories can continue. So it's a, it's a classic. Um, I know a lot of people have read it. I believe it's also a movie. Mm-hmm. So... That's also the book that my mom gave me for Christmas last year in my stocking. So no matter what, I have to read it. Yeah, you have to. I have to. And then the rules of the stocking books. Um, And then this another book I want to read. I think this was on my summer TBR. Never got to it. But it's Close to Home by Robert Dugani, which is the fifth book in the Tracy Crosswhite series. Um, It's just one of those series that she's a detective i think they're they're in seattle and pretty much every book's just a different homicide um usually his books drop down to a dollar 99 on kindle so if anybody's like interested in it like it's i don't think i've ever paid them more than a dollar 99 so if they're like 5.99 right now i would easily wait a few months and it'll drop again But this one is, while investigating the hit-and-run death of a young boy, Seattle homicide detective Tracy Crosswhite makes a startling discovery. The suspect is an active duty serviceman at a local naval base. After a key piece of a key piece of case evidence goes missing, he is cleared of charges in a military court. But Tracy knows she can't turn her back on the on this kind of injustice. When she uncovers the driver's ties to a rash of recent heroin overdoses in the city, 
She realizes that this isn't just a case of the military protecting its own. It runs much deeper than that, and the accused wasn't acting alone. For Tracy, it's all hitting very close to home. So, just a typical murder mystery type homicide book. That's always good to have. Yeah. A nice little French yes. reader. Yeah, and I feel like those read pretty quickly, so. But yeah, so those are two of mine so far. All right. Um, I think I may have mentioned this one already, but I'm not sure. I started it, um, but didn't get very far in it. Busy and Anna Karenina, yeah, is a a needy book. <laughs> Takes a lot of time away. But um, the first one on my fall TBR is The Last Apothecary by Sarah Penner. And again, just real quick, it bounces back and forth in time. Um, and like late 1700s to this woman that owns this apothecary that specializes in um, basically giving poisons and powders to women in order to kill men that have wronged them. So typically abusive husbands, rapists, something like that, some way that they have been harmed, she comes through and will provide them, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? You know, lo- like low-key provide them with them without uh, going above and beyond escalating into legal shenanigans, late 1700s legal shenanigans. Um, and then it bounces to current day, a woman who found out that her husband was having an affair. And so she is now in London by herself and slowly their two lives kind of intersect through the story. Fun. I also think that that's going to be one of the prettiest covers that you read this year. It is very pretty. (laughs) The colors are just very, yeah. Jewel tones. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So the next two books are probably going to be ones that I'm going to save for October just because they're more probably spooky-ish. But this one was on my top ten. It's the drag- It's Dragon Teeth by Michael Creighton. Creighton? Did I say that right? Creighton. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this one is the year is 1876. Warring Indian tribes still populate America's western territories even as a lawless gold rush town begin to mark the landscape. And much of the country, it is still illegal to espouse evolution. Um, against this backdrop, two monomaniacal paleontologists pillage the Wild West, hunting for dinosaur fossils, or surveilling, deceiving, and sabotaging each other in a rivalry that will come to be known as the Bone Wars. So, I've heard really good things about this. One of my really good friends um, recommended it to me. So, I saw it at the local bookstore one day and decided to buy it. I have enjoyed everything that I've read by Michael Crichton. Yeah, I don't think he probably doesn't write a bad book. But I've no. actually never read anything by him, so. He he wrote Jurassic Park. Yes. Lost World. Um, Andromeda Strain, which I really, 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 really liked. Read that in ninth grade. Um, you know, all, he was a, he actually um, created ER, the TV show. Oh, He's a medical doctor himself, so he has, like, a strong science background, so a lot of that is very interesting and, you know, more spot-on than somebody just yeah writing science to write it, to make a story. Um, cool. I'm excited to hear that. What do you think about yeah. that one? Yeah, and then the other one that I think would be perfect for October, which 
maybe you'll be excited about that I'm reading is Pet Cemetery by Stephen yes. King. Yes. So I don't know if you would want to give a synopsis better than me. I, I can just read what was on Amazon. Um, I, I'll do it. Uh, okay. Basically, there is a <laughs> uh, a doctor who moves to this small town with his wife and his two kids. Um, his son, they're outside playing, runs into the road, horrible freak accident, is hit and killed. And he learns from his neighbor that there's this uh, local pet cemetery where things that get buried there don't stay dead. And so, as you can imagine, in his grief of his son dying, he tries to use that to his advantage. And like any good Stephen King novel, things go terribly wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So, I'm excited. I'm glad that uh, you've got some more Stephen King coming your way because I know you had Carrie and then you had Pet Cemetery now. Mm-hmm. I know. I feel like my list is slowly growing. Yeah. So yeah, those are my next two on, but I'm hoping yeah to save those. I feel like those will be really good for October. Yeah, definitely Pet Cemetery will. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if Dragon Teeth. I don't know. It just dinosaurs i don't know it just seems like it would be great for october more atmospheric <laughs> it's kind of like not like it's kind of a little bit science fictiony too yeah it can be fun and suspenseful so um you all right yeah. so my second ish book it's on the wrong page sorry i have the uh synopsis up on my screen and i was looking at the wrong one Um, It's going to be a pretty controversial book. There were some lawsuits about it, but it's going to be The Amityville Horror by Jay Anson. (gasps) So, I, you know, like, just straight up front, I don't think this house was haunted, anything like that. I think it was just a horrible murder, tragedy, all of that. Um, But... I want to read it because my aunt told me that she read this, like, um, you know, right when it was released because it was getting a lot of press in the 70s. It was, it's 1977 was when it was released. And she said it freaked her out so much that she had to put it in the basement in the freezer they had in the basement. <gasps> <laughs> it reminds me. It reminds me of when Joey on Friends is reading The Shining and he has to stick it in the freezer. Yeah. So she was doing this before Friends. So I was like, all right, I can, um, she said too, this, this was one where she was reading it and, um, at the time they were dating, but her now husband, my uncle came up behind her and like, you know, just like very casually, like put his hand in her head. and was like, Hey man, what are you doing? And she like screamed and threw the book up. <laughs> so I was like, and like Susie can be pretty tough to, to yeah. rattle. So I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to give this one a go. But basically, um, the true story what this is based on is the DeFeo murders. Um, uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr. shot and killed his family members in this house and then later on went to go say um, that there was like a portal of hell in the basement. He was possessed. You know, he like, he wasn't in his right mind. The um, 
what their names, um, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are like, you know, the whole Conjuring series is about them. Like they got involved because um, later on after the murders happened, another family moved in and they fled saying that there were demons, the house was haunted. And so um, it just kind of chronicles all of that of the house in Amityville. Um, again, there was, it was very controversial because there were a lot of people who were like, hey, that wasn't truthful, that's not right, some lawsuits, but I'm going to be reading it from a fictional standpoint. Isn't it? So I, th- I have that book. Um, never read it. But isn't there another book with it? Like, isn't there two in the series? Yes, there's part one and part two. I have part one. Okay. Okay, because I was like, I feel like I have two, but now I'm like, I don't know. Okay. All right. So, I think, yeah, like I said, that'll, that'll be a good. That'll be great for October. Spooky. One. I, feel like you're, I can't wait to hear if you're going to get scared. Yeah. I, again, I'm trying to read it more from the standpoint of like what happened to the Lutz family, which were the, the family that moved in after. The murders yeah. when they were like, oh, there's a portal of hell in the basement, blah, 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 because uh, I'm not a big fan of when people, like, sensationalize really terrible murders or any yeah. murder, really. So um, that's what I'm not interested in. I'm interested in both. Is the movie that has Ryan Reynolds, right? Yes, yeah, so that was the remake. So there was one made in late 70s, early 80s after the book, and then Ryan, Ryan Reynolds was in, like, the remake version of it. So is he playing the family that moves in after the murders? Yes. Is that... Okay, okay. Yes. Okay. That's cool. I've never seen it. Again, <laughs> I don't do scary. So we'll see. It's kind of like you watch it and you're like, ooh, that's spooky, but, like... Some it's of probably, the... Some it's of the... Cheesy. Yeah, I would say it's cheesy. I read, like, the Amityville 3D, or, like, watched that one. Like, we thought we had gotten the original one at a sleepover one time in high school, but we had actually gotten, like, you know, the sequel sequel, and it was terrible. (laughs) Yeah. um, I feel like the book would be scarier. Like, I feel like sometimes when you do these movies, they're going to be cheesy, scary, but, like, I feel like the book, you'll get, like, like, the chills and, like, the, I can't read this at night. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, so the next two, again, this one might be good for October. And I don't, again, I don't have the author, but I think you'll know it. It's Broken Monsters. Oh, that's um, Lauren, Lauren Bucus. She yes. also did the Screaming Girls. Yes. Yeah. So um, that one, just real quick, Detective Gabrielle. That'll be a good October be good for, one. Okay. That'll be a good one, yeah. That's what I figured. I figured that one would be really good for October. Um, so Detective Gabrie- Gabriella Versado has seen a lot of bodies, but this one is unique even by Detroit standards, half boy, half deer, somehow fused together. As stranger and more disturbing bodies are discovered, how can the city hold on to a reality that is already tearing at its seams? So... It already has that, like, supernatural-ish type thing when you're dealing with a half-human, half-animal type. So, and you said you really liked it. I did. And you said you liked it more than, was it Final Girls? 
um shining girls shining yeah i think i i think they're they're two like from what i remember they're two very different like styles i would say it's probably the closest thing to it because um the way i read the shining girls it was more of like kind of like fast paced like we gotta get this guy out of the wall where there was some some parts of broken monsters that were a little bit more like thoughtful or in your head I don't want to say thoughtful because that's not the right word but a little bit more um oh you'll have to read it okay yeah. no, no no you're good um yeah. so I'm ex- and again we've talked about some of these books before so I'm sure there's other episodes that we were probably more articulate when it comes to talking about these synopsis um and then this one um of course is the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Yes. Um, and I know that when I was when I read it, you want to do the audio book, right? Correct. Okay, so I will give you a heads up when I'm about to start it. Um, I'm going to try to do that one in September. I feel like that would be a good. I don't know. I'm obsessed with that cover. I think it's. I think it's one yeah. of my favorite covers. I want to wear um, that green dress. Yeah. Um, so this one is just aging and reclusive Hollywood movie icon Evelyn Hugo is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life, but when she chooses unknown magazine reporter Monique Grant for the job, no one is more astounded than Monique herself. Why her? Why now? Um, Monique is not exactly on top of the world. Her husband has left her, and her professional life is going nowhere, regardless of why Evelyn has selected her to write the, her biography, Monique is determined to use the opportunity to jumpstart her career. So I'm interested to see the difference of like the audio book that you're going to be listening to versus me just reading the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if it's going to be similar to um, Daisy Jones, where it's a full cast. Like, I wonder it if is. you'll. I think it is. Ooh, I'll have to go back good. and double check, but oh, I think it. I think it is. That'll be really good then. I think th- I think that'll be a really good one. But I'm actually just going to read the book. Um, so yeah, that is... Um, those are books five and six for me. Again, we'll see how well I do. I, I think I over-pick books, but then it gives me more choices. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to go in order. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, what's your third one? Okay. Um, my very last-ish one is by the same author who did Let the Right One In. So, oh. as I butcher this name, um, please know that I'm trying. Um, it's called Little Star by John... Okay, this is the one that I'm going to have trouble with. Because anytime I see a J that's foreign, I want to pronounce it like it's German. And it really screws me up when it's Spanish. But I think it's Swedish. I think it's looking to be a little closer. I think it's John. Um, Yavida Lindqvist. Lindqvist. Okay. I'm going to come back to that. But um, he has been called, you know, the the Scandinavian Stephen King. I really enjoyed Let the Right One In. Um, I thought it was kind of perfect for like colder fall going into winter little vampires whatever um but this one um begins there's a man in the woods and he finds a baby who's been left for dead he brings the baby home he and his wife raises baby 
um, something happens and their older son has to take the girl away to start a new life. Then he's like, wow, you have a beautiful singing voice. So he enters her into basically like what would be American Idol, enters her into the singing competition. Um, meanwhile, there's another girl her same age. Um, it's kind of weird, doesn't really fit in, sees her singing at this national competition, and they kind of end up forming this bond that will go terribly according to all the reviews that I've seen. <laughs> um, I've seen people, you know, equate it to to Carrie and how it deals with some aspects of like bullying, but more in the modern age where people are dealing with, you know, internet bullies, trolls, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I've had this one for a while and I've been waiting for a good time to start it. So that's, that's exciting. Pulling to me. <laughs> Yeah, all of your books are like have that perfect, just atmospheric, like fall to spooky ish. Yeah. Time. So like I light like a that. candle, grab a yes. blanket, some yes. hot cider or something. And then I'm going to text Jay to come behind you and scare the crap out of you. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like, broke my nose. <laughs> I know. God, that would be terrible. Um, Okay, so I have two more. Um, This one, again, I think I mentioned it in top ten. But I have to read it this year because then we just got to move along. But it is A Storm of Swords by George R.R. Martin. Oof. Yes. And I know we have been talking about, again... If you, if you don't know about Game of Thrones at this point, like, I think we can, the spoilers or whatever, it is what it is. I guess close your ears if you're in the middle of reading it. Um, but I think this is the one that the Red Wedding happens in. Because I know you and I keep having that discussion. Yeah, and I... It did, not, it did not happen in the second one. No, it has to be in the third then. I, I yeah. confirmed with other people that happened in the third season. But I, I just... I can't remember because yeah, I've been so, sitting on this fourth one for a while. Yeah, so this is the third book in the Song of Ice and Fire, aka Game of Thrones series. Um, there's five of them out right now. He's slowly writing book six and seven. Um, he has claimed that those books will be at least fifteen hundred each, like pages each. Mm. Um, <laughs> But this one... I didn't mean to make that inside. <laughs> Screaming on the inside. Yeah. I mean, his books, if anybody's ever seen them, they're short, thick, and the writing is so tiny. They will get wrinkled if you bring them to the beach. And they will, yes, they will expand. Um, so this is the green cover. Um, but I'm excited... My goal is to start it, like, on November 1st, and that'll get me through December. I think that's a... That's, like, 61 days to read it. And, yeah. like, and we have more holiday time, which means I'll have time off work. Yeah. Which means I can focus on it. I will say, when we had the freeze in February, um, I was reading the second one, and... I was off that week of work, 
And so, <laughs> the unexpected week off. The unexpected. So I got a huge chunk of the second book done in February um, because I just had so much downtime. So yeah, that's my uh, seventh book. And then this book is not really has nothing to do with like the fall or anything but it's been on my tbr for a really long time and i really want to read it which it's white fragility by robin d'angelo um it's real short i think it's less than 200 pages um and it's just um allows us to understand racism as a practice not restricted to bad people um referring to the defensive moves that white people make when challenged racially um right White fragility is characterized by emotions such as anger, fear, and guilt, and by behaviors including argumentation and silence. So it's just a book to learn more and try to become more of an ally during some of these times that we're having. Um, I know at one point you were reading The New Jim Crow. Still am. Yeah, and I have I have that book as well, so eventually I would like to read that book. Um, but I figured this one is a short one, um, so I can actually take some time, read it, highlight any important parts in it. So those are the eight books that I'm hoping to read. I consider fall like September, October, November-ish, and then December, even though we're still in fall, I change into winter mode. Yeah. So I'll have... Yeah, and so I'll have some, I already have one book for sure that I think will be perfect for winter. But yeah, so those are mine. Do you want to give your pending if you finish those, your fourth? Yeah, so this was one that it's a little bit thicker. So that's why it's kind of just like more of the, if I get to it, I get to it deal. Um, but it was published this year in March, and it was actually two separate books that connect, but um, you could read them separately, but the way the author intended them to be read is alternating chapters. And it is called Where They Burn Books, They Also Burn People by Marcos Antonio Hernandez. And so there's, so the two books, the first book is called Where They Burn Books, and then the second one is They Also Burn People. So uh, I think it's a a famous saying that comes out of World War II, I want to say. Um, Nazi Germany, I want to say, but I, don't quote me on that because I'm not entirely sure. But the first story is set in 1549. Uh, there's a, a friar, or a monk, and he's been sent um, to Mexico or basically the, the Yucatan Peninsula to start converting a lot of the population there. Um, the native population and then he realizes that there's a landowner there who's actually like like very cruel towards the native people so he makes it his mission to protect the natives and punish this this cruel landowner um but then he kind of screws it up in his own way so there's that story and then the next story is set in 2010 um focusing on another man who um, is trying to grow his current church's congregation. And then he also has fallen in love with this woman um, who's reading this, this famous literature, but it's slowly kind of 
starts to cause him to go like crazy and go mad. Um, so it's about how these guys are dealing with their love of their religion. And then also the, you know, the rest of society, how it's being like affecting their lives outside of it. So do so do you have both books? I do. I bought them as like one, like alternating chapters okay. the way the author put them together. So, yeah. So is it already alternating? Yes. For you? So that's cool because um at least it's so you don't have to have like you don't have to do the alternating yourself. Yeah, I would imagine it's like for Song of Fire and Ice. I think it's books. I think it's four and three, five. Four and three. five. Maybe yeah. one of them. Two of them are he separated the characters out. And I've seen online where people have gone through and put them in order. So oh, you Jesus. can go back and forth and read if you wanted to to kind of keep everything linear. Um I just read them and figured it out as I went along. Yeah, but, I think that's what I'm gonna have to do because I just think it's gonna be too much work to have those two books since they are written as separate books like that, to just like go back and forth. Like I just I wouldn't be able to keep up. I think for me, what I enjoyed about having them two separate is that there were some things when I read the first one, I was kind of confused on. But then when I came back around, it was like, oh, that's like, yeah, what yeah, yeah. Or that's what was going on. So it kind of it yeah. all came together. This one, I think it's they're two like independent but connecting stories. Um, so that's, you know, he you, you could read either way and it would work. But yeah, yeah. this one's it's already been put together. That's that's cool then. Yeah. If he would have done that for these, that would have been great. <laughs> well, he got finished writing the other ones before he dies. <laughs> I mean, by the time I'm reading, by the time I finish the fifth book, I feel like the sixth book is still not even going to be out. Probably not. I remember reading somewhere that his his team, um, they he kept saying like, oh yeah, I'm going to go do you know, this convention, I'm going to go show up at this convention, this convention, and they were like, we're banning you from conventions because you need to actually write. Like, you're not well, writing. <laughs> well, people were so excited when, like, the lockdown happened because they were like, he can, like, lock himself up and finish these books. But they're coming out with, like, a another Game of Thrones-type show mm-hmm. that I think it's, like, the Targaryens, like, their history, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he's helping write that. So he's busy doing that he writes other books like i don't know i kind of look at it as like if he's okay with not wanting to finish the rest of the series because he invested so much in the tv show then i think he's got every right to just be like i'm not finishing it watch the tv show it ended how i wanted it to end you know even though he's come out and said that it is not exactly true i don't think i don't think he knows he's apparently got a huge team behind him to help keep track of yeah everything that he's written so like yeah. i think i don't know if if that's entirely true or if he saw the way fans reacted and was like oh crap i think no. I, can see that. I feel like i see that too is like people didn't like the ending but like what bugs me is like i think people it wasn't the ending people didn't like i think they rushed season eight so much to get this yeah. ending it's, instead of like just dragging season eight out because the character that they're clearly mad about is Daenerys and how her fate was. But I was like, in book one, I could have told you her fate. If you know about her family, you can, and you, you start to see it slowly in these books of how she, how she, what she's doing. 
So to me, I was not surprised with her character development in the season. Do I think it happened quickly? Yes, but as somebody that had read the first book and kind of knew more about her family history, I was like, this is exactly how this was going to happen. I could have predicted this. I think people are just more mad that it happened so quickly and was so rushed. Like, I don't know why they had to end on season eight. It could have been just actors being ready to be done with it. Could have been a lot of things, contract issues. I get it. Um, I think it was the writers were done. Like, the, I think I read somewhere the writers were about to start writing for, like, Star Wars or something yeah. else. Like, they were the ones who were like, no, nah, we only need eight episodes. Yeah, and it was just, it was, it was rushed. It was, everything just happened so quickly. And I think that's what, why people are more upset. Because I'm like, if you pay attention, it, it kind of predicts it in season one how, how she's going to. I think she was just a she was just a beloved character. Yeah, I see. I didn't. So I think that I think that kind of blinded some people. So uh, I must be like that one person, but like I can't stand her as a character. So I was like, I was all for it. I was like, yes. <laughs> but we will see. We'll see if I feel differently when I read more of the books. But I don't know. Yeah, I think I think the books definitely make it more clear. Where like you watch some of the actions she takes and you're just like, those aren't the actions of a good leader of a, like, like a sane Mm -hmm. leader who just wants their rightful place. Like that is the, the actions of a mad person. Yes. Which to me was clearly stated. So I, but again, it was, I agree. It was rushed, but I also was like, we had eight seasons. I mean, I rushed the entire series because I started watching it right before season eight was about to premiere. So I had to get through like 70 plus episodes. And I think (laughs) it was, and I'm not even playing. We finished the, the second to the last episode of season eight. We finished it 15 more, 15 minutes before the series finale started. Like that's how close we were to like binging all these episodes. Um, I want to go back and watch it now, like, slowly and not, like, feel like I have to rush and stuff. Um, And I think it'll help me with the book. Like, when I read the books, I now picture, like, the actors. And so Mm -hmm. it kind of helps me with those storylines and stuff. But, yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) But, yeah. All right. So there's our fall TDR. I'm sure we'll have some more either fall-themed or spooky-themed stuff coming up. So I think next week we've got our final Anna Karenina wrap-up. And then we can announce the next three books. Oh, yeah, because, of course, those books are going to have to be on our fall TBR. Yeah. (laughs) You can't not put them on there, unfortunately. Well, we're going to announce those separately. Well, yeah, but, like, I mean, like, they will be added to our list that we have to read in the fall. Yes. At least two of them. I am not feeling good about ever trying to do Oprah part two. <laughs> just, uh, I know we're only like a fourth of the way into it, but. Yeah. I would have to look at her 2.0. Like she does have a book club 2.0 that has obviously mm-hmm. different books. I would have to look at those books to see if I would be willing to like try her out again. But it has to be like a long ways down the line where we have done so many other celebrity book clubs and I want to tackle Reese. I want to tackle <gasps> Andrew Luck. I want to tackle some of these other ones. I can't wait. I can't wait till we do Reese. Even because we've read a few of hers, like 
obviously yes. not meaning to, but we've read a few of her books that she's on there. I can't wait to do um, Jenna Bush Hager. Yes, she's got one as well. And then, like you said, Andrew Luck. Yes, the quarterback has one. I'm excited. Yeah, I know um, Florence Welch from Florence and the Machine. She had one okay. for a while. I so there, Emma, Emma Roberts, yeah. She does, and I think Emma Watson actually had one where it was like less of a book club and more of her just being like, here's some books I like. Oh, but yeah. It counts. I'm going to count it. Yeah, we can count it. So. So, yeah. That's exciting. I can't wait. All right. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. And ha- Oh, um, did we do our social media? No, we have not yet. Well, we should do that. Okay. Instagram is reading with celebs. And Twitter is reading W celebs. So come find us. Right. Yes. Yes. See how much we hate Oprah's book club right now. I think, I think you and I are going to have a good discussion at the end of Anna Karenina. Because I feel like somehow we're on the same page, but we have different conclusions. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and if you listen to last week's episode, Lindsay knows how the story ends. I do not. So I gave my predictions. Yeah. So I'm going to have to like re-listen to that part of last week's episode to see if I'm even close <laughs> to what. Because right now, oh my God, I have so much to say right now with part seven. I'm just like, oh God. I just, these- know, I just know last time you were like, I hate all these people. And I was like, I hate all these people too. You were like, I hate Oprah's book club. And I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of enjoying this book. <laughs> oh god it's fine we're reading books that we would have never read before it's great it's what i love that's what i love about about book clubs yeah that's what makes this fun but okay cool Alrighty. well we will see you next week for the finale of anna karenina and we will be announcing the next three books probably at the end of that episode yeah all right well happy fall and happy reading everybody Bye, guys. Bye.